Welcome to Life on the Hill. If this is your first time joining us, this podcast is intended for Hamilton College students in the Hamilton College community to hear the voices of people committed to the success of Hamilton College students. My name is Travis Hill, and I'm the host of this program. Today, we hear from Maria Hanau Ohms, Associate Dean of Students for Diversity and Inclusion. Thanks for joining me, Maria. Thank you for having me, Travis. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. Me too. So there's a lot to talk about, but I always like to start with what brought you to Hamilton. What brought me to Hamilton was a lot of different things, several things, but two that I think are, are important to highlight is the, the fact that the college is what it is. And what it might mean by that is just the opportunity to work in an environment that's so interested in creating space and genuinely supporting students and creates the environment for me to do so. The other piece is then, which fits really nicely, is just to be in an institution that created the capacity for this work to be done by creating this role, which I think is, is just a really nice combination of those two factors. And also, I would say other, other factors that are at play too, but really those are the two major things that really made me excited to to know that there was something like that at an institution like Hamilton and that I would really be able to uh, genuinely engage in this work, not just with myself or maybe a select group of people, but really with an entire community that's committed to equity and community building in its purest form. That's great. Thank you. So it's in, you've had an interesting opportunity since you arrived here not too awful long ago, and that is to take on a role that never really existed in this form before. What has that been like and how have you been approaching that work up to this point? So it has been really a, a dream to be able to work in a role like this. And there are, you know, this role is not necessarily unique in the work. There's plenty of folks and colleagues that I have across the country that are doing uh, similar work in the capacity. But I think what makes it different is, and something that made me really excited is that I'm stepping into a new role, but I'm also uh, continuing the work that many others have done at Hamilton for some time uh, in different spaces of the college. So I see this role as a role that's, that's meant to bind and kind of pull everything together and think about, um, along with thought partners and the folks that, that work with this role in thinking about how do, we, how do we engage the community more intentionally in equity and community building. And, and when I say equity, I also mean the inclusive piece. You know, how do we think of equitable, equitable practice? And not just within the, the areas that I get to work closely with, but then how do we also challenge and encourage the community of Hamilton to think in that way as well within their areas of influence? So not just in student support services, but everything from first contact to the college, whether it be virtual, so through our website, or in person with people that they meet, maybe if somebody decides to come to the Hill and just walk around as they're engaging with folks that they're passing by, even if they go and, and get something to drink, you know, some coffee or something like that, whoever they're engaging with, that they genuinely feel like they're being seen and in that sense, then also being welcome to the college. So I say all of that because I think that that all influences student experience, which is exactly sp 
specifically what the charge is for this role. So that has been a really neat opportunity. And I've also considered myself to do my best work when I work in teams. I mean, this, this work is not effective in a singular way, in a singular uh, capacity. So I love that folks have been so welcoming since my arrival to campus and have just kind of stretched an arm out and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? Or, hey, I don't know about this, can you share some information with me? Or what else can I be doing that I'm not thinking about? And so all of that is, is really what you want what you really want in, in a position like this. So that has just really made the experience in the role really exciting as we're building out this position. But then the other thing is just as a person, how welcomed I have felt to the community and, and to uh, colleagues on campus. It's just a really beautiful place to be visually, but then also really a beautiful place to be because of the people that I get to connect with and the colleagues that you and I get to engage with. You know, there's just nothing better than that because at the end of the day, that's, we need that in order to feel grounded and engaged in our own work. So it's, it's been really, really nice. And I appreciate, I appreciate it um, being a part of this community. Agreed, same here, same here for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about equity, when we talk about inclusion and community building, you and your team and many of us have done a lot of things to try to work on that on campus. So how has your work and the work of your team shifted since we moved to online learning? Well, it has, it has shifted in the obvious way that now we have to figure out how to engage students in these concepts in a virtual environment, which is really challenging. So we're looking at how it is that we can adjust our programming so that we're still able to, as best as possible being, that we have to talk through a computer, create that sense of connection, which is, you know, I think we're all trying to figure out how to do that right now. But how do we, you know, how do we have hard conversations or challenging conversations in it and communicate in a way that is not natural. Part of what makes this work work, right? The, the things that we do work is that we can be in a space with one another. We can really engage in the intimacy of sitting around a circle, but more than anything, being in the same room. And, and you know, this isn't natural. The fact that we have to talk through a computer is already challenging. I mean, sitting in meetings, if someone's internet decides to go wonky, you wonder like, did you pause because you meant to pause or did you pause because, right. you're, <laughs> because yeah. your bandwidth is just not supporting, supporting what, you know, your video and your audio and all that stuff. And so sometimes sure. that, that can make it a bit tricky. So we've, we've tried to figure out how we can do that, but then we've also turned to social media and leaned a little bit heavier on social media, leaned a little bit more on um, having our student employees that we have in our different departments pick up certain things because they know they know how students are hearing us and how they're engaging more effectively. So we've we're still exploring. I mean, even though it feels like we've been in this forever, it really has only been weeks. And so Seriously. we're we're still trying to <laughs> we're still trying to figure it out like yeah. everyone else. But I think of you know the Goodnight Hamilton campaign mm -hmm. through QSU, which 
I love, I love that we're doing that. Um, also mm -hmm. how our recoup and soup out of the chaplaincy mm -hmm. has shifted and has apparently seen an uptick in folks and oh, cool. who are attending. Cause I think people are wanting that connection, you know? And so we don't get to soup together, but they've tried to think of ways. I know uh, Jeff McCarn has tried to think of ways of how can we share rep recipes for soups and he's been um, sharing his, how he makes his bread that we all love. So, you know, just, just figuring out and being a little bit more innovative in ways that we, we can connect. So we're, we're figuring, we're figuring out how to, how to make it, make that connection happen, even though we're super far apart. That's good. That's interesting. And now you can get the top secret recipe to Jeff McCarn's bread. Yes, which I've been asking for since I got here. And he's like, you know, it's really easy and it's not a big deal. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, um, but he's finally <laughs> sharing it. It took a pandemic to get him to give up the secret <laughs> recipe. Yeah, and I will tell you that it definitely is not scientific. It's not like you need a teaspoon of this or, you know, half a cup of that. It's like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and somehow it just comes out magically. I haven't tried to make it myself, but I promise to report back as soon as I do. But I think it might need the, tr the you know, the Jeff McCarn touch. Right. I was going to say, anybody, <laughs> if anybody knows Jeff McCarn, you will be in no way surprised to learn that there's not some hard and fast rule of how you make this bread. It's going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a whole lot of love. Yes, guaranteed. Yeah. So I'll, I'll report back and see if it even turns out for me. It might just fall flat. I mean... <laughs> We may just need to leave it to the expert. Right. And right. by the expert, I need Jeff McCarn. Sure, sure. So one of the things I've noticed, and this is in no way surprising, it makes perfect sense, is that, you know, when we're on campus and everybody's here, it's not appropriate to pretend like everybody's experience is the same. It's certainly not. But there are certain aspects of students' experiences that by being here, we're controlling for those. And people's home lives, that's not the same at all, right? Different people are experiencing, frankly, while we're all going through this together, we're all experiencing it very differently. And I've noticed that a lot of the focus has shifted to resources. And, and, and that's always been true, that what, what we do on campus is also about resources in some form. But this is a different situation and requires a different level of focus and type of resources. Can you talk a little bit about the work that's been done around that? Sure. So we, we, you know, when all of this uh, went down, we tried to be really thoughtful about what, what are the things that are going to be changing for students. And the reality is that when we are on campus, part of what makes it, you know, so important to be a residential college is that we all have, we have an, an, the, the similar environment, right? Like we're all living on campus, we know that there's food available, we know that there's proper shelter, and that all of those basics are covered in addition to students being able to access technology. And then you have the human factor, which is the access, direct access to faculty, direct access to, to us as um, student support services. And so all of that has completely been turned on its head. And it starts with the fact that everybody's going somewhere else that is just in a different, you know, different resources and, and shelter or lack thereof, right? And those basic resources that we all need to live. So we were taking, you know, taking a really thoughtful look at that. And one of the things that we came up with is developing 
what we're calling a resource bank. And so we were inspired by other resource banks that are out there through different organizations and companies like the Passion Planner and just other colleagues that I'm connected to that have created things like this. And we decided to develop our own. And the intention around that is to try to remove as many barriers as possible and be as realistic as possible in, in trying to anticipate what students are going to need. So this is a pretty, you know, it's a, it's a spreadsheet. It kind of started out as a spreadsheet and we decided to have different topics or different types of resources. So we have everything from uh, mental wellness stuff to be an accessory to our counseling center. But uh, knowing that folks have differing circumstances, so we wanted to national information and then also regional information. We also thought about where, you know, we tend to focus on our students when they're on campus, but we also think about the, the second ring of support, which I think of are their families, whoever, whether that's parents or extended family, whoever those people's families are, and thinking that if those folks are impacted, and obviously our students are impacted. And that's everything from if you have siblings or nieces and nephew, nephews who are living in the same space that you're, that you're inhabiting that, you know, they're not in school right now. And our students may be tapped for being asked for support in helping uh, teach our students in homeschool their siblings or younger uh, humans that they have in their home. And so we created a resource to give them some support around that. So everything from like Google Classroom to, to just other resources to help them get around that. And then everything else from food insecurity. So how to register for SNAP benefits to housing insecurity stuff to employment. You know, we've heard a lot about how nationally the unemployment rate is just beyond anything we've seen in history. And we have to be honest with the fact that we will know people and our students, our community will be impacted. And so we created certain resources or have resources that they can access how to either apply for unemployment benefits or seek out employment in their area. So everything from like national organizations to some local organizations. And then we have other wellness things like workout, links for yoga, meditation, things like that to, to help folks access resources that have to do with just the whole body, right? The spirit, the mind, because the reality of it is, is that, you know, people are finding fun things to do while they're in quarantine, but this is also not very natural. So we, we just created this for folks to access and they can either go to the webpage for the DMC through the hamilton.edu website. And so they can access the information there. We're also asking, knowing that we don't know everything, <laughs> we definitely know that for sure. And so we're asking folks to think of this as also another crowdsource option. So if they know of resources, they can email uh, dmc at hamilton.edu and send us those resources that they're aware of that are not on that resource bank so that we can, um, so that they can contribute to the resource bank. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So there is a population of people who are still on campus. You and I have been working closely with them along with others. Yep. And I would love for you to talk a bit about what our work with them and what that experience has looked like from them from your perspective. Sure. So yeah, we have a small and mighty group <laughs> that are of students who are still on campus uh, who are trying to, met, trying to make the best of the situation. Obviously, following state and federal guidelines, we have limited 
their access to other parts of campus. And so that is also challenging because they are limited to their room in which they're all in single spaces and then also where they go and pick up their food. And that's pretty much it. And in the weather has been a bit wonky up here <laughs> for the last several weeks. So they haven't had access to being outside as much. So, you know, these students are, are doing a really good job of just trying to, to make the best out of this situation. And we know that it has taken a lot of hands. And so I mentioned food pickup. And so our Bon Appetit has just been stellar. Yeah. Above and beyond stellar in, in doing, in not only providing meals for our students, but I think trying to do a little bit more because, you know, trying to make the situation a bit better through sustenance, right? Through making sure. these meals for students. So it's such an odd, an odd situation to only be working with 50 some odd students that are on campus and, and trying to help them as best as we can from a distance. Because also you and I have done all of our engagement with them virtually through Zoom. Right, right. And so it's, it's just, it, it feels weird. It's downright weird, but we're trying to engage these students as best as we can and connect with them on a regular basis. So our stand, you know, our standing time once a week, but then also trying to connect with them as many of them that would like to connect with us on a daily basis. And, and just trying to keep their spirits up as much as we can. And I will say that I, they're filling my cup in connecting with students because I miss <laughs> our students so much Totally. <laughs> that even though they may think that they're the ones that are receiving, that are the only recipients of this, but I also feel like I, I get a lot. I look forward to Tuesday afternoons uh, Same to here. connecting with students and, um, and helping, them, helping them thrive during this time yeah. as best as we can. I agree. Yeah, I there's an army of people here who are helping them and they don't see many of those people, but everybody from Barb Flutie in the health center and the other health center staff who are doing awesome work to help us try to keep them as safe as possible. And as you said, Bon Appetit, Auxiliary Services, Facilities Management, Campus Safety, Residential Life. I mean, there's just tons and tons of people and, and it, everything is so much more complicated than I even expected it to be. And I kind of thought it would be complicated, but the people who I'm most proud of are the students. I mean, they have been incredibly resilient and patient and understanding and they've been really really awesome so I, I i agree it's been an absolute pleasure getting to work this closely with them i'm sorry these are the circumstances but it's been really nice mm -hmm. yeah and i hope that in all of this they find some silver lining in the challenging situation that we're in and that they may have come to this situation as strangers, you know, folks that maybe is, they knew each other from a distance and, you know, no, have friends who are their friends. But I hope that they also take away something positive, even if it's that they got to connect a little bit more with someone that they didn't know before and that we figure out a way to find, you know, they're able to find a little bit of light in this. Absolutely. So the flip side of that uh, that feels like we should acknowledge is that because this is all so stressful mm -hmm. and because everybody's situation is so different, mm -hmm. it lends itself to the potential to miss the opportunity for empathy or even respect. Yeah. Does, does that yeah. sound right to you? Yeah, it does. I think, you know, one of the things that I've been, so I've been trying to take this time to also do some necessary introspection and 
taking the time to see the things that maybe the rigor or the speed of my regular day when we weren't asked to stay home was not allowing me to do, or maybe I just didn't make the time for it or whatever, right? Life, life does what it does. And I have seen that, that there's been, you know, anxiety and stress sometimes brings out the worst in us and, and doesn't necessarily lend itself to giving us more patience. But I also have noticed that I think because we're, we have so much more time, right? Like I'm saying this, I'm using quotations, right? right. My fingers with quotations for folks mm-hmm. that I think what it's also done is that it is, it is encouraging people to be willing to step in other people's shoes because this, what this situation has also done is that it has also put a spotlight on the disparities in all places in right. this country. And right. I think I've, I've also been really encouraged by seeing a lot of things on social media about how folks are, are, taking, more, are taking a little bit more stock in not just the things that they have, but also in the connections that they have, in the family time that they're able to engage in on a regular basis, right, on a daily basis, and also recognizing that not everyone has that. And so I think even in all of that, we're seeing people be more honest about their anxiety and their stress level, but also some really beautiful connections in this that they're making for themselves in the sense of, well, maybe I could be more empathic and maybe I could be more sympathetic and and here are the things that I'm thinking about now so it's also opening up that piece of conversation on what have I not done before and so it's kind of forced us to think a little bit more about how we're how we're showing up in the world because now we don't have the ability to physically be in front of one another and so again we're we're having to use alternative modes of communication and and that is just kind of bringing out some, some of the good things and, and helping us just really, really flesh out some other things in our behavior, what causes us to behave in certain ways and things like that. That's good. Are there other things while we're together that you would want to be able to share with our community? I think on the, you know, on the vein of, of trying to find the best in really challenging circumstances. I, I really hope that we're really asking ourselves, how can we be better? And what can I do better? And more of what can I do better to help my community and to support my community and to be, to be a better human? I'm, I'm hopeful, and this is the, you know, something I'm trying to do for myself, is, is come back to campus and come back to a way of living where we're not so physically distant, where I have changed for the better. And I want us to really take a, take a hard look at that and, and hope that we're not just using this period where we feel like we have more time to fill it with more things to do and to try to schedule every hour of every minute, mm-hmm. but that we're, we're allowing ourselves to sit in quiet and and really turn inward for that because it would really be a shame that we all come out of this the same sure. as we as we were before because we can all be a little bit kinder we can be a little bit more patient and know ourselves a little bit more and i'm hoping that we come we use this time 
for that. That's what I'm trying to do. Because I can definitely be somebody that wants to schedule every minute of my day. (laughs) I feel like I need to be useful and and I want us to also think of usefulness and taking care of ourselves and making ourselves a little bit better. That's That's a pie in the sky, hope. I want to eat that pie. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the things that you're doing to take care of yourself and your kiddos, you know, Mm -hmm. your family? Yeah, that's not easy. You know, the being home with small children. And like I said, everybody's situation is different and everybody's situation is difficult in some way or another. Um, Nothing about this feels easy. But I will say that one of my favorite things that my partner actually started when I was still going into the office, getting everybody off campus and getting our on-campus students moved, she started with our boys and that I've continued now that I do our childcare in the morning is we do a walk every morning, me and the two boys. And it's usually a brief, especially depending on what the weather is, but we'll walk to the end of the road and back or a little loop and and just walking and having one each have a hand and, you know, hold each of their hands and... Uh-huh you know, sing a song or tell a story. This morning, there were monsters on Elm Street, and they, <laughs> they were throwing cars and things. It got very, very dramatic and very loud. I'm sure people getting up, having their morning coffee were like, why are there children screaming on the street? But um, <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice thing. It's a thing that in a normal circumstance, I don't do or haven't been able to do. And, and I appreciate it. It's, it's a really nice way to start the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and that's the stuff, like, I think in the beginning, I posted a picture on my um, my Instagram account, my Dean MGH account of how my partner and I and our dog Davis were walking. We just, you know, we started to walk more than we already did before. Mm-hmm. And it was later in the afternoon as the sun is setting, and so it tends to cast some really cool shadows. Uh And so we, you know, I was just like, oh my God, I got to take a picture of that. And my partner, Wilfredo was like, of what? And I'm like, look at our shadows. Like, how cool is this? And so as we were moving around, you know, your shadows kind of moving around. And so we just, even those 10 minutes of playing with our shadow and our dog is looking at us like, what is wrong with you people? But he was like walking around and I took some pictures of the asphalt with our shadow being reflected in different ways Uh and even just something that felt super silly are some of the things that I'm trying to do more of in this time is just playing more. Yeah. You know, cause we've got two adults and a dog in this house. We don't, we don't have any young energy. And so I get to connect with my uh, guide children and my, and my nieces. And so I get that through the screen, but you know, we were, we've just been trying to play a little bit more. That's good. And, you know, have some fun in that way. So, Yeah, it's good. I, I think that it can be easy to lose focus on the positive things or the fun things or to mm-hmm. let your time be sucked up by work, legitimate work that needs to be done in addition to circumstantial things that are going on. But mm-hmm. it's worth taking stock. I remember in one of the early podcast interviews that I did with Dean Martinez, she had shared that every day she likes to appreciate something from nature. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure everybody at where you are in the world, if you have the capacity or the ability to do that well. And I want to understand and re- I want to recognize and respect that that's maybe the case, but it doesn't have to be about nature. It can just be about life. Something that taking stock each day and something that you can be grateful for 
-hmm. and that may be harder for some of us than others, but it's worth trying. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's taking us back to basics. We all have the gift of having our own, you know, being able to turn inward and kind of seek for yourself. And I'm trying, and I think that's the one thing that I'm trying to think a lot about doing and pausing and, and all of that. Because I can certainly reorganize my bookshelf over and over and over <laughs> sure. <laughs> to just feel useful. Spend some time reorganizing your internal bookshelf. Yes, I like that. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Well, Maria, I always enjoy talking to you and I'm lucky because I get to do it often, but I'm glad to get to share your wonderful voice with our community. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, of course. Thank you for, for asking me. It's been a pleasure. So fun. That was Maria Hanau Ohms, Associate Dean of Students for Diversity and Inclusion. Stay tuned for future episodes. This is Life on the Hill.